We all want to be happier, but how do we get there? First, we start by realizing happiness is not a destination. Being happy consists of micro action steps every single day. I'm your host, Brittany King, and I'm here to guide you along the way. Welcome back to the Positively Real podcast. I'm your host and coach, Brittany King, and I have a lovely guest with me in the house. Welcome to the show, Chelsea Olson. You are also a coach and a podcast host and a soon-to-be mama. So happy to have you here. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. So Chelsea and I know each other because we were in a business coaching container and I got to learn all about what she's up to in this world. And I was like, this needs to be shared with my community. And we have the opportunity to interview each other on each other's podcast. So I'm just so excited about our topic today and getting to share your message and your gift with my community. So why don't you start by saying who you are and what you're up to in this world? Yeah. Like I said, thanks again for having me. It's, um, I just love these podcast collaborations are so fun and the conversations are really important and needed. So as you mentioned, my name is Chelsea Olson. I'm the CEO and founder of her fullest potential and really specialize and focus on women, helping women reach their fullest potential (laughs) in a short summary (laughs) nutshell. Um, but we typically work with women who are business owners, leaders and companies, CEO, um, leaders of teams and really help them learn how to hold the high levels of success that they've achieved and built without sacrificing their personal life at the same time. So I will often summarize that as high functioning anxiety. And sometimes the root of that can really be fueled by their work. And sometimes it can be more fueled by personal experiences. So we really talk about the merging of the reality of what it means to be a human, what it means to be a woman and what it means to be a high powered female professional. Mm -hmm. So that's where we are at the intersection. I love it. And I think like something that like really resonated and why I was so drawn to you is because our missions are so similar because like the work that we're doing in this world is going to benefit generations to come. And I truly believe just like you do that. It starts with women, like without us, we are the creators and we bring life into the world. (laughs) So you got to take care of the, the, the mother life, the life, yeah. the life. <laughs> so, and yeah. I think that this is so powerful because like, for me, I know I like never identified with anxiety for the longest time. Like I was like, I don't have anxiety. Like I just didn't identify with it. And then as I got more into this work, I realized that I actually did have high functioning anxiety and it would just show up in all these different ways. Um, and the more I got to explore it and understand it, that's when things really shifted for me. And I stopped letting it control me when I learned actually what, what to do with it. So I really want to dive in on this episode about like being a business owner and how to work with anxiety. So it doesn't control you and whether, whether you're listening to this and you're a business owner or not, like this also plays into your career, your life, any area where anxiety stops you from being your fullest potential. So Let's just start with, you know, the, the basics, you know, I understood this through like understanding my nervous system. So let's start there. To talk about the nervous system. 
Sure. <laughs> Love the nervous system. We could talk about <laughs> this all day long. Nervous system all day. My sister and I <laughs> have like full blown, like hour long conversations about the nervous system. So one of my favorite topics, but like, I want to think about it in terms of like your nervous system and like your career or your business. Like how do those sure. like play together? Sure. Yeah. Well, the nervous system, well, the central nervous system is the mind body connection. It is, it plugs into the brainstem, runs down the spinal cord, and then ripples out into every single crevice of the body. And that two-way road of communication between the brain and the body is happening at every millisecond of every day and of every night, whether we're aware of it or not, we're usually not aware of it. If we were, we wouldn't be able to do anything except to be aware of it. (laughs) So it's happening all the time. And the way the nervous system evolves and functions just like the muscles of the body, the muscles of our body grow and evolve and form and function depending on how they're used. And they're used by in certain ways, depending on their environment, by their context, by the demands placed upon them, by the nutrients they've been given. So the nervous system functions in a very similar way in that it grows and evolves depending on the context it's been exposed to, the environment it grew up in, the demands placed on it. And et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, essentially depending on our unique circumstances and experiences of life. And life is always changing and ever evolving. But what happens is even when life is changing and evolving, if we don't have the skills to train our nervous system to evolve accordingly to what's happening with our external present moment surroundings, it'll function in a way that worked best earlier on life, usually childhood, because the primary, not the entirety of the central nervous system, but the part that most of us are talking about, the primary function is to detect safety and promote survival. And so when, when the nervous system knows how to, it's called pendulate, like a pendulum swing in and swing out from sensations of difficulty or stress or adversity, and then swing back into places of safety and security, the nervous system is primed and healthy and ready and flexible and strong and able to evolve with the context of life. But when we haven't cultivated that muscle in the nervous system, just like biceps or triceps, whatever muscle you want to talk about, it gets kind of stuck in a younger stage. So just like triceps or whatever muscle you want to talk about, be like maybe abs, those are more functional than biceps. Biceps are very like limited (laughs) functional use. Um, you know, if you're only doing crunches, if you're only doing sit-ups one direction, the abs will primarily only learn that function. But if you're using your abs through twists and back bends and side bends and balancing and all these ways, it's going to learn how to adapt. But when we don't strengthen and condition So point being an unconditioned nervous system would essentially be like only doing crunches. It only kind of knows one way. And so when we grow and evolve and take on leadership roles or business run a business, which requires a lot of decision-making and a lot of exposure of the self, the nervous system isn't resilient enough to hold that exposure, to hold the difficulty without constantly reverting back to what it already knows. Um, and so that creates a lot of tension because we're not, the nervous system isn't able to adapt, evolve and respond to what's actually happening in the present moment. It's happening. It's responding to something that happened decades ago. And so it creates a lot of tension, a lot of 
frustration, a lot of anxiety, a lot of insomnia, a lot of fear, and therefore it fuels decisions and communication actions and relationships. It fueled off of fear and frustration and tension. And it kind of creates this self-perpetuating loop and cycle and makes it very difficult for people to really trust in themselves and trust in the support systems that they have and to relax into the leadership role as opposed to kind of gripping your way through it. So I hope that makes sense. (laughs) It does make so much sense. And I love the way that you explain that. And this is something that I found when I was first starting out my, my business, I simultaneously discovered this uh, practice called kinfolk. And I've had Dr. Keiko and Sarah on my podcast before they are like the most wonderful humans and they are, they do chiropractic, but on the nervous system. So they do adjustments on your nervous system. And I found that that was one of that, like the things that helped me feel safe to put myself out there and start like sharing my message and like being seen. And so a lot of people get stuck on this part in their career, if they want to like get to the next level, whether it's a business or in their career of like putting themselves out there and having more exposure. So a lot of times people are like, well, what's wrong with me? I can't like, why am I so afraid of this? And it's like, your, your nervous system just doing what it's designed to do. So what are some practices or what are some things that like you could implement to help regulate the central nervous system so that you do feel safe to share your message, make offers, like do the things that are going to help your business or career grow and evolve? Well, the two things that we all mention and kind of going back to a word I just used, it's called pendulation, which think of a pendulum, it swings back and forth. And, you know, you can think of the nervous system, like a river where one side of the riverbank is our ability to hold difficulty. It might be pain, it might be suffering, stress, loss, grief, rage, difficult, inevitable difficulties of life. The other side of the riverbank is our ability to hold pleasure and joy and playfulness and sensuality and connection and love and safety. And so when we talk about pendulation, ideally we're swinging from one side of the riverbank to the other side of the riverbank and back and forth in the wider the riverbank, the more water or energy can flow through. And so when the riverbanks are really narrow, if you try to push more energy through that or more water, more charge, for example, even if it's positive, like more money or more followers or a new client or a new offering, even if it's a positive thing, it will over stimulate the nervous system. So it'll flood the riverbanks. It'll erode the soil. It will muddy up the water. It'll basically be like a flood. And so one of the first things we have to learn how to do is called widening the capacity or widening, widening the riverbanks so that we can hold more. Because if we try to bring in more, but we can't hold it, we'll just go right back to where we were. And then, yes, absolutely. Like the capacity, you just like overflow. Yeah. And we think it's very muddy. and then we got to clean it up and then we got to start all over again. And then we just do that cycle over and over and over. So we can either do that or we can make it a little easier on ourselves and focus on widening the capacity. And so most people are very familiar with the side of the riverbank that is difficult, stress, Mm -hmm. fatigue, just keep pushing and so what we really want to do is balance that out or widen the riverbanks by focusing on what it feels like to feel 
good. It's so interesting because it is, I work with clients on feeling proud. Like they are so resistant to feeling proud of themselves for the hard work that they're putting in. Like it's, it's easier to feel the difficult or not even feel it, but like spend time in that difficult bank versus the feel good bank. Yeah. It's for a lot of people, it may not have ever been allowed to feel good or safe to feel good, um, especially in your own body. And so for if, and especially, you know, if you have like trauma in the body or if it's chronic pain, that can be like completely unfathomable, fathomable. So sometimes it's just learning to feel less bad or think of, or sensations of neutrality. You know, you kind of have to meet yourself where you are, but it's learning how to find sensations in your body right now that feel less bad, neutral, or maybe even good or ecstatic. Great. Pleasure. And that can feel again, like an anomaly for a lot of people. And it was for me, and I'm always still practicing this, but that's a great place to start because there's a lot of conversations around calming down, (laughs) calming the nervous system, which is super important, but it also overrides a lot of the human experience, which is not only calm. Right. And so we're trying to basically widen and welcome more of the human experience in. So I would say first kind of working there of widening capacity, widening the riverbanks by becoming familiar with the feelings of goodness. And then once you can kind of sense both, then as you lean into that next level of growth, as you're mentioning to be mindful of what is my capacity and how much more charge can I actually handle? Because if, as I mentioned, if we try to do too much too soon, the riverbanks will just flow flood. So we want to kind of do that dance of widening the capacity. And then I offer, put myself out there a little bit more, but not too much (laughs) because if we do, we'll go right back to where we started. So it's finding that rhythmic titration or pendulation Mm -hmm. between the two. So this is where the cycle of self-sabotage comes because when the, like when it's overflowing, so it's like, it's almost like you're overloading the nervous system too fast and too much, even if it's good things. Yeah. Like considered like clients, money, all of that, right. (laughs) Relationships. Yeah. So do you like with your clients, what practices do you walk them through to help them widen their capacity without their banks overflowing? It's a great question. And really there's just essentially infinite because so I'll give a couple examples and then I'll explain, well, I'll, I'll explain the kind of like the concept and I'll give a couple examples. So essentially with the uh-huh. central nervous system detecting safety, it starts with the senses because we receive information through our senses, which then goes into the amygdala, which then says safe or not mm-hmm. safe, which then sends the whole nervous system, body, mind into a whole slew of physiological symptoms to respond. And so we can either try to kind of move backwards and reverse and slow down the symptoms, or we can really kind of just work at the root of it, which is our senses. So, um, when I say it's kind of infinite, there just are a lot of different practices, but if we want to keep it really simple to bring awareness to how your senses are engaging with the present moment. So right now I can hear my wind chimes outside. Can you hear them? Okay. That's, I've, I've normally take them down for podcast episodes, but I, um, forgot to, okay. no, I can't hear that. So 
you know, I could bring my awareness to the dirty splotches on my window and how I need to clean that. And, oh gosh, and I haven't done that. I can't believe how gross that is. Or I could bring my awareness to the beauty of the wind chimes. They're both happening at the exact same time, but it's learning Mm -hmm. to place my attention on some sort of sensory input that actually feels safe, grounding, calm, exciting, motivating. That's where the infinite possibilities can come in, (laughs) but essentially a place of feeling good. Mm -hmm. And we practice Mm -hmm. holding our attention there, noticing the sensations of feeling good. I'm kind of staying in this one lane, but there's a lot of different lanes here. And I usually give three prompts Mm -hmm. to notice sensation is where is it? How big is it? And what shape is it? And I mean, you can draw that, you can touch your body where you feel there's a lot, you can make sounds with it. There's so many ways here, but just become familiar and then give yourself permission to let it grow. And that's where a lot of people meet resistance Mm -hmm. is allowing it to grow or allowing themselves to stay, place their awareness long enough to actually feel the feeling. Mm -hmm. So sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just like little glimpses. Uh, So that's kind of the concept is bringing a real ownership over your attention and the engagement of your senses, mm-hmm. because that's really where it starts. And we just, it just takes repetition. And then a couple yeah. are, you know, if you want to work on the more like really basic self-soothing, more of the calming down practices, for example, focusing on the exhale is a lot more important than deep breathing. <laughs> Some mm-hmm. common misconception Um, And then there are Mm -hmm. kind of like the four pillars of somatic healing, which is movement, sound, touch, and breath. And so as you're having an experience, say it's anxiety or fear or numbness to use those four pillars, touch, movement, sound, and breath, and to just experiment and interact with the experience itself of fear in the body, like touch it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) tap it, breathe into Mm -hmm. it play with different sounds. If the fear mm-hmm. wanted to make a sound, what would it say? You know, start to interact with it and just kind of see what happens. And typically as we mm-hmm. interact with it more and more, it starts to move. It starts to shift. It starts to change shape, mm-hmm. size, and location. And we can track its movement as it starts to maybe swell. But then oftentimes, even if it does swell, it then gets smaller and maybe disappears altogether. So it's kind of speaking yeah. to the concept, a very simple technique and then a more advanced technique. Yeah. Oh, totally. And I, and I love the, um, allowing it and like letting it, that's where people do meet resistance. And I've noticed this with my clients when I have them like go into their body and describe an emotion, as soon as it's like, they meet it there, they like want to retreat. So I want to talk about like why this practice, or even just like being aware of what's going on within your central nervous system why this is so important to building a business or a career. Well, typically when people want a career or a business, they want a a lot in return. (laughs) They have either, they want a big impact. They want to create a big impact. They want to create a lot of money. They want to, I feel like it's usually one of the two. Can you think of anything else? It's a a really common. Uh, I mean, like they want the flexibility and and freedom. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Control or their or yeah. say influence in their life. Yeah, and I mean, not to be a broken record, but I feel like if your if your capacity isn't big enough, you can't. You neurologically can't. You can't. It's 
uh, you just, it's just, you cannot. And some people are, have more endurance for the cultural pattern of suck it up and stuff it down. (laughs) That's what I say. That's how I summarize it. The one we can all relate to. Yeah. And some of us can stretch that out longer than others, but, but it's not sustainable. Exactly. It, you will always hit a wall. And even if you can do it till the day you die, then you're on that deathbed moment and you realize I wasn't living in alignment with what I actually wanted. I was sucking it up and stuffing it Mm -hmm. down and just trying to push through and do the thing that I thought I should do. And then you have regret. So yeah, really, it's just, if you want to build and create and hold something of bigness, you have to be able to hold something of bigness. And yeah, if you're spending a huge part of your energy gripping and tightening and sucking and stuffing, <laughs> you're not only can you hold less, but you're, you have even less space available to hold what it is you actually desire because you're spending so much of that space stuffing it down. And I will say, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, and I've experienced this and still can sometimes when life invites you to step back and slow down, I'm saying this as someone that's like weeks away from delivering a baby. <laughs> so I say this is like, here I am world. Yeah. Especially when you are ambitious and you have built something and you want to keep going, there can be a fear of if I stop, if I pause, if I slow down, or if I let go, everything's going to fall apart. I'm going to lose it all. And that's where if we can become skilled in that swinging difficulty, ease, pain, pleasure, we start to trust a little bit more that we can put in the work and then we can go rest and lean back and it's all going to be okay. Cause then we can go back in and put the work in and then we can lean back and rest. And so we become more familiar with that rhythmic way of being, which by the way, Mm -hmm. is one of the fastest ways to regulate the nervous system, rocking a baby, right? Like bouncing a baby doesn't have to be a slow rhythm. Just Uh any rhythm is very healing for the nervous system. So if, if our life can become rhythmic, then it just becomes a lot easier and it's sustainable. We're not just like working, working, go, 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 pain, pain, pain all the time. Um, Right. Anyway, uh, I, like what you just said resonates so much with me because before I had Ellie, I, I did have a lot of fear. I was like, I worked so hard to build this thing up and blah, blah, blah. And like, there was so much fear. And I learned by like taking the time away, I came back with like a whole new set of eyes and perspective and is like the best thing for me and my nervous system. And it's so great because I do recognize when it's dysregulated more than I did before baby. Like now I'm just so much more aware of when my nervous system needs a little pause reset. Was that your experience? Is that what, what you, you said, I came back with fresh eyes. Was that what you saw was I can actually lean back. Like I can be in that rhythm and that it works out. Okay. Awesome. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And like into a degree of like better than what I was doing before. Because like that is that go, go, go mentality. It's like, it's great, but it's not sustainable. And so even where I'm at in my business right now, like I'm shifting it because I want to help people create a sustainable, scalable business without that stress, without that burnout. Because again, like what happens like at the end of your life, you just look at all of the regret that you had from like pushing down and pretending like it's not there. 
So let's talk a little bit more about the cultural influences. Let's talk about this hustle grind culture because it's never worked, but like, I think more than ever. And we're both so aware of this because we're working with people that are so stressed out and burnt out in whether it's their own business or their career, or just life in general. Like I put a question on Instagram the other day and like five people said burnout. They were like, I'm just so burnt out because of yeah. life. So let's talk about that. Like, how does our culture influence this type of mentality? (laughs) I just immediately giggle because I'm like, how does it not? (laughs) I know. (laughs) Hmm. I don't think I'd look too far. Um, (laughs) You know, and this saying actually recently in my life has come up a few times where the only answer I have for somebody is the demands of modern society aren't realistic or sustainable. And yeah. that's a big question. <laughs> like, where do we start? I... So there's, there's a book by Tacopa Turner called Belonging. And it's an amazing book. I read it slowly because everything she says is poetry. It's so beautiful. And she talks in that book about an archetype called the death mother. And it is the archetype of the woman who has been sucked. Her entire soul has been sucked by everything around her. So she then embodies this way of sucking the soul out of everyone else around her to try and get it back. And typically that plays out in control and criticism and judgment and perfectionism. She tries to suck the beauty out of everything else, right? That's like when we criticize somebody in their authenticity, we're trying to like shut down their beauty. We're trying to shut down their uniqueness. It's like, no, you're, you're making me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. So it's like the sucking and it doesn't take that. I'm talking, I'm speaking specifically to the matriarchal culture, but this plays out in the patriarchal culture as well, where I think what we're seeing is a product of many generations of quote, the death mother being cycled over and over and over and over again. This is why for me, I'm like, it starts with women. (laughs) It starts with women. And this has allowed things like uh, sexual trauma to be so prevalent. This has allowed things uh, like women not being able to use their voices to be the main, the common, the norm for women to be polite. Um, For the flip side of that for men would be, they have to be strong. They cannot be emotional. They can never stop moving. And so it creates this real breaking of the psyche and of one's relationship with themselves because their own soul, their own essence, who they are has been sucked and sucked and sucked. And it may not even be their own family members. Maybe it was their teacher or their aunt or their grandmother. It could be from anybody. It could be from their best friend's parent. Who knows? The media. It's everywhere. Instagram filters. (laughs) It's just telling you over and over and over again. I like, I want some of that. And I will say actually being pregnant, the number of strangers that have invaded my personal space to essentially derive some joy out of me and my baby. And without respecting my boundaries, without asking permission, without giving anything in return. And I kind of joke that I want to make a t-shirt that says me and my baby are not here for your pleasure. (laughs) This isn't about you. (laughs) 
actually totally it's so interesting it's I like never like realized that but it, it that's exactly what's going on because I experienced the same thing every every mother I've spoken to has so to me it's wow. just I see that pattern of the sucking of the beauty the sucking of the soul it's like I, I need that because someone else yeah. took mine and so we're in this cycle of yeah. take 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 consumerism take yeah. take take planetary stewardship take 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 yeah obesity consume 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 take 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 but there's no actual regeneration there's no giving back but the world the natural world we live in is an ecosystem it's not a hierarchy Mm -hmm. everybody takes and everybody gives and i think that's something Mm -hmm. we've really lost in our culture is the practice Mm -hmm. of giving because we give Mm -hmm. from a place of fear in scarcity mm-hmm. and survival, but we're not giving in that oftentimes. Yeah. And that's like a whole, I'm sorry, microphone. It's like a whole other conversation or it's like a whole other t- branch of this tree of the conversation. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> can you imagine how different our world would be if instead of taking other people's beauty, we contributed beauty instead of taking other people's soul, we contributed soul and instead of taking other people's mm-hmm. energy, we contributed energy. And so it's like, we're all just quote giving to try and replenish that, which the world is constantly taking and we can, we're sprinting just to keep up. And Mm -hmm. so I really see this big cycle that's totally played out being pregnant. I'm like, wow, this is really evident. (laughs) Again, we're not here for your pleasure. (laughs) As you were saying that, I just said, you Kate Bush running uphill. (laughs) That's like, (laughs) yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay. Um, that's what just came into my mind as you were saying that. I'm like, that's like the visual that it feels like. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, yeah. no, 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 no. Like, don't take anything else, kind of. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't take yeah. anything else. Because there's nothing else to give. Well, and so this, I mean, obviously, it's like we could sit here and be like, well, how do we fix that? Like, what? And it starts with us, right? right? Like, on this level, and then it it, it ripples out into the people that were around and the community and like, that's how I think it shifts, but how do we make that shift within ourselves to stop taking and then giving from a place of fear, scarcity, obligation, all of that. <laughs> Again, I keep laughing because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is just, this is, this is it. <laughs> this is the uh, giant thing that we're all trying to navigate. Like- the, the conundrum of the human experience. Yeah, so I'm like, how do I simplify this? I I think for women, but it but both sides, because we're talking about give and take, mm-hmm. receive and initiate. It's all about boundaries. Like it mm-hmm. just it just is. And yeah, for women, that's learning how to use their voice and say no without shame, fear, guilt. Mm-hmm. For men, typically that's learning how to receive a no without feeling like they're a failure, a disappointment or a total mess up so that they're not. Mm -hmm. And so both sides, the core of that is feeling enough and who you are really is what that is. But I do think that we can really condition that who we are is enough through boundaries. And that becomes Mm -hmm. hard. I mean, literally before this conversation, we were talking about the difficulty of relating because Mm -hmm. I'm trying to meet in my personal experience of this conversation. I had before this podcast interview, I was trying to meet a need of mine to take up a little space. And, but in doing so Mm -hmm. that 
was really upsetting for somebody. And so that boundaries aren't easy. They're very muddy, (laughs) the muddy riverbanks. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. if we try to respond to every nuanced detail, we can lose ourselves in that. And so a lot of that I think is learning to not only set boundaries to other people, but practice those boundaries within the self of not mm-hmm. holding responsibility and accountability for other people's feelings, mm-hmm. but Ugh. doing it in a sensitive, compassionate way, which is mic drop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, and that, like that, I think ultimately it comes back to the conversation of like how we do expand is like not taking responsibility for anyone else and like focusing on ourselves. I think that's how we do expand our, our riverbank. Yeah for the things that come into our life and like the, the good things too. Yeah. Um, oh my God. So good. <laughs> I feel like we could just keep jamming out. So tell me a little bit about your program success without stress. Yeah. I love it. Um, this is like, just this is just like a little like taste of it. I <laughs> yeah. Tell. I know when we started talking, we'll try to keep it under an hour here. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> oh, good thing that like, I'm going to be on your podcast so we can yeah, continue. We um, Right. So as the name indicates, it's again, it's not just like this personal work. It's not just leadership development. It's really this intersection of, okay, I've created this life and these things are important to me. My work is important. My family is important. All these things are important to me, but how do I not lose everything I've built? How do I sustain it without all of the stress that right now I'm is being used to fuel it because most people are reliant on the stress that they use that they have and use that as fuel to keep it going. So we're learning how do I fuel it in a different way so I can not sacrifice everything I've built, but actually sustain it. Took me a couple of times to get that out correctly. Pregnancy brain is a thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm picking yeah, up what you're cool. putting down. Yeah, this, this machine is here. Um, so it's really, it's, yeah, the intersection of it all is my, my jam. So it's really this combo of, the personal journey, as well as sisterhood and community, because the social nervous system is the first line of quote defense or in detecting our safety. And so if we can feel safe in community, usually that ripples out way faster than if we feel safe in isolation um, or if we feel empowered and seen those types of things. So we have the intersection of the personal journey, which comes through kind of pre-recorded content, which looks like having essentially a lecture or some education because I might agree is in education. So I'm big in teaching, but then also a whole library of practices and all the practices are designed towards specific results. So there's a lot of different movement practices, breathing practices, meditation practices, and other kind of somatic techniques to regulate and repair the nervous system. So you kind of have all the tools at your disposal to use as you need them. But then also we have live Q and a sessions we have, and then also live somatic healing workshops as well. So we can show up and do the work together. We can integrate it together and we can learn from each other because that's really where the integration happens. So you kind of get this, the transformation, the education and the integration all in one. So it's really I just love it. It's such a joy. So so good. It's, I mean, it sounds amazing. And I think like, this is such an important, I think this is the missing piece 
is the nervous system repair and then having the tools for regulating your nervous system. And the more it is, like you said, it's a muscle. So you have to practice it. It's not just like you do breath work once and all of a sudden your nervous system is everything's all good. Cause we're constantly being bombarded by so much information and stress that like having the tools to get that pendulum flowing again is, is everything to continue to level up in our life. There's something that you said to, um, like we're driven by stress or fear. Like what happens when you're no longer driven by stress or fear? You're driven by inspiration yeah. and it's just, you're an unstoppable force. <laughs> Right. Like there's nothing you can't do. And it's like, not to say that stress and fear won't show up. You just know how to work with it. Like harness it and direct it appropriately in a, in a productive way instead of letting it limit you. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked about what we're going to say or yeah, it's fine. Um, Or, uh, yeah, I'll say it. Sure. (laughs) Um, yeah. When we're driven by inspiration, the output you give gives energy back to you. Whereas when you're driven by stress and fear, the output you give takes energy from you. So that's really why it becomes sustainable. Yeah. Oh, so good. (laughs) Charles, this is so great. So let's talk a little bit about your podcast. Tell, tell us more about like what we talk about on the podcast, like what the intention of it is. Yeah. So the podcast is called her fullest potential, excuse me. And you know, in one way that's very specific in one way, it's very vague. So we talk about the intersection of leadership and business as well as mental health or really just health and wellness in general. Cause we also have nutritionists on there and chiropractors and things. So health and wellness, but with a particular spin on mental health and actually mm-hmm. creativity, because I find creativity is often the missing link between just healing the nervous system and actually creating a life that you desire. And that the create our creativity can only be accessed when our stress hormones and our nervous system is to a certain point. So okay. if you try to just be like, what do you want? What do you desire? <laughs> like you're super stressed out. Like, I just want to sleep. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, I just want to not feel this way. All the yeah. Time. <laughs> I can't think anything beyond that. So, uh, those are the three pillars our wellness, particularly with attention to mental health and anxiety, leadership and business and creativity and sparking that your personal expression of beauty and offering to the world because uh, so that's my podcast. It's great. <laughs> Head on over if you like. <laughs> oh, so great. I love it so much because I've talked about this with my clients before of like thinking that creativity, like what, for whatever reason we believe that creativity means like drawing, yes. like being artistic. And I'm like, That is not what creativity is. And I love that that is a part of what you do because when we tap into that, that's when we feel most aligned. And that's where we find like the energy and the flow state is when we are tapping into our creativity. So that's just beautiful. I love it. I love it. I love talking to you. I love what you're about. This was so much fun. Is there anything else that you want to share or, um, before we wrap up? I don't think so. Yeah, that was, I had a great time. Thank you for having me. Of course. This is so great. I will make sure that I link your, um, program and the podcast in the show notes. Um, the last question that I have for you, this is something that like comes up a lot. And like my baby girl's middle name is joy. So joy is just like on the the forefront of everything that I do and the conversations that I have. So my last question for you is like, what is bringing you so much joy right now in your life? Well, I could give the obvious answer of this soon to be baby. So I'll think of something different. (laughs) 
<laughs> because that's really <laughs> that's, that's an obvious though, easy like, word. And it's just, uh, it hasn't even, it's like, it, it skyrockets in, the, in a month from now. Oh, I'm just feeling, I'm feeling your joy as you talk about that. And I'm like, I'm, and then I'm feeling them. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so I will say what's bringing me joy is learning how to, by deepening my understanding of letting go and softening and sleeping and resting and tr- simultaneously trusting that everything I built will not fall apart and deepening my trust and understanding of that. And the amount of ease and peace that I'm feeling from that is deeply joyful. So that's what's yeah. bringing me joy right now. In addition to my soon to be baby. <laughs> oh, that's so great. I mean, it's so funny, like hearing you say that I, you know, I was in the same shoes, similar shoes, obviously not the same exact shoes. Um, not that long ago. And I have a sweatshirt that my girlfriend, Aaron made that says, trust the process. And I just wore that pretty much every single day when it was cold out during my pregnancy. And I just always say like, T the P like, just trust the (laughs) process. I love that. And everything always works out and always works out better than you imagine when you do just like let go and like soften that. So, um, it just sounds like you're in a great place right now. I feel very grateful. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time and sharing your gifts. This was such a fun conversation and I'm looking forward to continuing our chat on your podcast. Thank you, Brittany. Oh, again, these episodes are so much fun. I just love learning from other women that are in my network that are doing amazing things in this world. It's just so inspiring. And when we recorded this episode, it was before Chelsea became a mama or she was already a mama, but before she transitioned into motherhood. And now she has a sweet baby girl and it's just so exciting. I'm so happy for her. This episode was so amazing for so many reasons, but I really think for me, my biggest takeaway is the capacity and having that capacity to feeling good. I came up against this so many times when I started doing this work that I would find myself in a good place and then I would end up sabotaging my efforts. And especially within my business, things were going really well and I'd be looking for problems. I would do the same thing in my relationship. Everything's going really well and I'd be looking for problems. And it was because I didn't have the capacity to feeling good. I knew... I was very familiar with feeling not good and insecure. And so when things were going really well, I would literally look for things wrong and sabotage my efforts. And I would find myself thinking, oh, what's wrong with you? Why are you like sabotaging? And then learning this work and learning how our nervous system responds to external circumstances changed everything for me. And so little by little, I grew my capacity to feeling good and worked on my nervous system and integrating all of my emotions and integrating my experiences. And now I'm much more aware. I still have moments where I find myself quote unquote, sabotaging my efforts, but I have the awareness and I can pause and ask myself what positive emotion is on the other side of this? Because when I have the capacity to feeling good and I hit that limit, if I know that I'm at that limit, I can pay attention to the negative emotion that is present. And by allowing myself to feel that emotion and stay open to it, I actually have access to the feel good emotion that's on the other side. That's why this work is just so powerful. So if this resonates with you, I'd love to know your biggest takeaway. If you need any help with this particular 
Chelsea is an amazing resource. Um, you can also ask me. I can hold the space for you to feel. I mean, I just want you to know that if you're listening to this podcast and you're a part of this community, you are not supposed to go at this alone. And I got you. All right, my friend, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you're having a beautiful, beautiful holiday season. Hey, if you want any help planning for 2023, I got you. I am hosting a workshop about designing your year. So not waiting until the new year to to start taking action, but getting clear on where you want to go. So when January 1st rolls around, you have a roadmap, you have a plan, you have action steps that you are going to take to create the results that you want in 2023. So if you want to sign up for that workshop, make sure that you sign up in the show notes. It's going to be a so much fun. It's going to be such a fun experience and I can't wait to share it with you. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and remember to love yourself, own your happiness and let your light shine because you are so worthy of it, my friend. Until next time.